make me feel so young. You make me feel like spring has sprung. Like the way he's speaking, his confidence is peaking. Don't like his baggy jeans, but I'ma like what's underneath them. And Love is a Servant 18, and today we are doing the Billy Joel tribute episode, Moving Out. And returning, I have a couple of really awesome guests that I'll let introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Jamie. I'm uh, like a rum chocolate souffle on Tumblr and like a souffle on Archive of Our Own. Hi, I'm Bethany or B. Either one's fine. I am not that B on Tumblr. Hi, guys. Welcome back. And um, we're going to kick off. Uh, we're not going to necessarily go in chronological order with this, so, um, but let's talk about Billy Joel, and, you know, I think this, this is a interesting choice for Glee to do, but I really like it, I really like the music in this episode, and I think that they do a really good job with it, and I, I believe that this episode kind of gets a little bad rap, or at least it did when it came out, but I really enjoy this one. Yeah, I love I love Billy Joel. He reminds me a lot of my childhood. So Same. <laughs> I was big into this episode. And like I totally agree. It's it gets a bad rap for I think just because of the where fandom was at the time, but it's a solid episode when you go back and rewatch it. I didn't actually know it got a bad rap. Like until you said so just now. I didn't oh, really? realize well, that I will... there was <laughs> negativity about it. I will fill you in because I'm going to try and yeah. dispute it because uh, like I said, I really think this is a great episode. Um, kind of framing this, I didn't necessarily put this on the agenda, sorry guys, but kind of framing this particular episode at the beginning and the ending is this whole like job fair thing going on in McKinley and Will is saying, you know, Sue is like, you know, the only thing that's out there are going to be fast food restaurant jobs for people who want to go into the arts. And Will is kind of combating that, saying, you know what, you know, you should follow your dreams and and try and, you know, do, if you like the arts, go into the arts and try mm-hmm. for it and don't listen to Sue. Um, so, um, so that's kind of where the Billy Joel part comes in, in that, you know, Billy Joel was singing about this kind of stuff too, and... And didn't, like, look... The mm-hmm. way that you know standards were then. I mean, um, uh, I can't remember his name. That's so horrible. Um, oh, he the, even makes a comment oh, the about bit how where Jake says yeah, he looks Jake. too Jewish. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. looks a little Jewish. And and I, uh, I like that Kitty says finally it's Marilyn Manson. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's kind of funny now that I think of it that um, there is kind of a couple of subgenres that they never really get into. I mean, there's, we don't mm-hmm. ever hear a heavy metal song on Glee, not really, um, or something like Marilyn Manson. So, um, yeah. They've never done a single industrial song. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. There's, a, there's quite a bit that they... 
They didn't really go into old time classical music either, but what would the I mean that would be <laughs> I mean or like opera. Yeah. yeah. That would have been cool to see an opera that been cool. song on there. Um, somebody doing an aria or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so kind of getting in, I actually kind of want to start with the Jake Marley and Ryder love triangle. Um, and in the previous episodes, there was, you know, Jake and Marley were having a little bit of problems because Marley wasn't ready for sex yet. And so Jake ends up cheating with Bree and they break up in the previous episode and this whole episode deals with Jake's trying to win her back but at the same time Ryder comes in and kind of swoops in and says hey I want to date you too and yeah what do you guys what are your thoughts on this whole plot line I guess so Jake's song was really good um what is the song called again oh it's called my life my life he does a great job and although it's weird that they do like slow motion on his like um, uh, like spins and jumps that he does, like they don't usually do that, and it looks a little cheesy. But um, <laughs> uh, I I got really mad at Ryder in this episode, yeah. which is it's weird to me that I wasn't so mad at Jake for being a cheater and then being grumpy about like Marley not taking him back. I mean, I kind of get it i i i don't know i i'm not the not the cheating which i don't condone mm-hmm. but i get his feelings afterward but Ryder, meanwhile is like well i'm a nice guy mm-hmm. therefore you should date me there's nothing wrong with me why wouldn't you date me yeah. and it's it's just so pressury and i i mean he just he just comes across really badly to me no i mean, I mean i'm totally there. I was, I was just saying, I'm totally in the Mercedes camp where Marley is concerned. Like, you don't need to be with either of them. Neither yeah. of them are good enough for you. Yeah. So, I I had a um a bit of mixed feelings about Marley's conversation with her mom. Yeah, I wanted to where, bring that up too. Yep. Where her mom was like, "You should save yourself for someone good who yeah. you can trust," and like, <laughs> I, talking about virginity, like it's a real thing. Like, you can never have another first time and I don't know I get that that whole thing is in media a lot and it's like generally accepted to talk about it that way but it just bugs me but I do like that Marley ended up saying that she doesn't really want to date anyone right now Mm -hmm. because she needs time for herself and to figure out where she's at so absolutely Uh, yeah that's I I went back and I rewatched it um I don't usually sit and watch most of the episode before I do these but um, this time I, I did while I was having dinner and I, I had forgotten about the Marley and her mom part of it. And for whatever reason, Glee does a lot of things right when it comes to sex and sexuality and a lot of stuff that I really enjoy. But this kind of hang up on the first time. I mean, they do this a lot yeah. with the Santana Finn stuff that that is like this special thing when I'm like, it doesn't have to be. And I, I sometimes it's kind of frustrating that. While I do appreciate Marley kind of not giving into the pressure from either of these guys and saying, hey, I need to do this on my own terms, the fact that her mom is saying, well, this virginity is a gift you can give somebody kind of harkens back to some of the yucky stuff like around, you know, Emma giving Will her virginity as a yeah. prize for winning mm-hmm. nationals and, and that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's probably the weakest storyline of this Um of this particular episode, but the songs are nice. I, I do think that um, my life and, and an innocent man look pretty well done. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sound good. I mean, I'm always a fan of Jake singing. He's yeah, me too. Voice and he's a good dancer, so they're they sound good and they look good too. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. <clears throat> um, the only other thing I, I feel a little bad for Jake because. I mean, he does get more of a story moving forward into Puppet Master, but they kind of just leave him hanging and never really mm-hmm. resolve it. And I am a little sad. Even if I wasn't a huge fan of the character, I, I do think that they deserved a little bit better of a, a wrap-up than they got. So, I would agree with that. Okay, so the, the next plotline in here, which I really think is an awesome plotline, is um, already, you know... I'm, I'm, goes to Becky and says, hey, what are you planning to do after you graduate? And 
and basically lets her know that college is an option. And then we get this whole plot line where Artie helps her discover that college can be for her. And I, I don't know, I just thought it was a really kind of a cool thing that Glee decided to do. Yeah, um, they, they brought up a lot of really good points about like um, that you have to f- find a particular school that will have the classes you need mm-hmm. um, if, if you have special needs and that uh, it's like scary that what if it's exactly the same as high school and people make fun of you and like um, and then once Be- Becky got there, there was a guy being kind of creepy and hitting <laughs> on her and like. Uh, so it seems like it's not like a perfect experience, but she was still really excited about it. And like, um, and the whole thing about Sue being overprotective and not wanting her to leave and Becky pretending that she didn't want to leave so that she wouldn't hurt Sue's feelings. Like mm-hmm. there's just a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot, there was a lot to unpack there. I think they did a pretty good job. Um, I'm not one who particularly enjoys Becky's character, um, I love the actress, but Becky kind of, <clears throat> I think she's a little much a lot of the time, but I did enjoy this storyline a lot. Um, I, I think it's interesting, a couple of things that keep coming up, like, you know, Becky is pretty, still unabashed about, like, hey, you totally want to see me naked or something like that, <laughs> like, yeah. towards Artie, like, oh, goodness. Um, but, I, you know, and Sue has an interesting little portion and layer, I guess, of it is that, at first, she seems really too overly protective of Becky, but then, you know, um, she kind of admits that, you know, I'm not ready to let her go, but she needs to be let go. And mm-hmm. it's a, it, you know, Sue doesn't usually get to be an actual adult um, half the time. So for her to show, you know, compassion and, and really at the end where when Becky was too nervous to talk to her about it, but she's like, no, it's okay. You know, I'll help you you know, with whatever you need. And it was just a nice moment between the two of them. I think one of my favorite lines is when Becky says, I don't want to hurt your feelings. And Sue says, but I don't have any feelings. (laughs) (laughs) I do. um, There is a line. Oh gosh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but in when Becky goes to visit the college and um, Becky says that Artie has herpes. Yeah. (laughs) And then the girl behind her goes, Ew. And, she's, and Artie is like, I don't have herpes, but we all know that he's going to later have an STD. So I just. <laughs> I forgot about that. Foreshadowing, we don't know. So. Oh, uh, one weird thing is it seems like there's a recurring trend of Sue threatening Artie with medical equipment. <laughs> like in this episode, it was the. The, the ear cleaning thing mm-hmm. and then in that one prom episode it was um, dental equipment she's going to take out his teeth like I wonder if this is like an intentional comment on like him being disabled and like a lot of disabled people have seen a lot of doctors and had a lot of bad medical experiences and have a lot of anxiety around doctors like I don't know if it's intentional but it seems to be a theme interesting so yeah I never would have thought of that but it could be interesting I think also they like to have Sue torturing people, and I think for some reason Artie is a easy target for her. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, overall, I think this, you know, it works for me. It, it's nice that Becky does get a little bit of closure with her character. I mean, she'll be on and off for the rest of the series, but. Um, just to give her, like, a lot of what this episode is about is about, you know, where you're going to be after high school. And to give that kind of plotline to Becky is is kind of a cool thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. Um, so kind of going over to this the Sam and Blaine stuff, um, I want to go back to that first uh, choir room scene where they're talking about Billy Joel because Will is talking about, you know, um, Blaine and Sam are going to go to New York. And Sam, what is his line? He's like, I want to kick it off with a classic classic DJ. DJ. (laughs) Yeah. And then Blaine shakes his head. No, don't say it like that. (laughs) No. 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 Our very own take on a classic BJ. (laughs) 
I wrote that down actually. Classic BJ, lol. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> and I just I I think there was like a a running joke um that a lot of the like newbies or whatnot thought that maybe Blaine and Sam were hooking up at various points mm-hmm. during season four, and I I kind of like that continuation in the mm-hmm. season five where they're just a little confused by what the actual nature of Sam and Blaine's relationship is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they're going to um, New York so that Blaine can um, do his Neata audition, and Sam has, what was the scholarship that he was being offered? Like the Channing Tatum. Uh, oh, the first young strippers. Yeah. <laughs> And then he's got a, a an interview of, um, that he's going to do. And mm-hmm. and then they sing Moving Out because it's not going to New York if uh, you're not singing your way there. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I, I really love this number. I love this number, too. And something that kind of got on my nerves at the time was everybody was like, oh, Sam and Blaine are taking a magical bus to New York. And I'm like, no, I don't know how they got there, but they get off the subway. So they got to New York, and then they got on a subway, and then they got on a bus. Yeah. Which has nothing to do with anything except for it annoyed this not out of me at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not on a magical bus. That's just a bus. That's how you get around New York. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I, remember laughing about the guy on the bus who, like, yes. they're singing, and Blaine, like, sings in his face. And, <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> oh, you're not paying total, attention to me. Like, there was a total break because Bla- or Darren showed through in that because he made a face that he made that Darren made in a in an interview recently. He was like, oh, that's not good. It was just a total <laughs> Darren face. And I was like, oh, Blaine, you're Darren showing. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love what he's wearing. It's like this candy, like cotton candy colored striped right. thing like nobody <laughs> should look good in that but Blaine looks good in that so you know? maybe Willy Wonka yeah <laughs> <laughs> I kind of oh, like man. that jacket it's oh good. no I love it I don't know about the pants but I do like the jacket <laughs> and I, I, lo- I like the consistency of nobody should be able to pull this off but Blaine pulls it off <laughs> uh, Blaine pulls it off yep yeah um, um there's that bit where um Blaine sings piano man um in the diner mm-hmm. and uh it's interesting to me that they repeat this song like it was done before by will and uh what's his name um, neil, patrick harris. neil patrick harris um and it's like i mean obviously they repeat songs like don't stop believing and don't mm-hmm. rain on my parade but those are like really significant songs that are like emotionally tied to certain characters but this is just like a random song without a story arc that they just do twice randomly and i thought that was weird yeah um i think that this is one of the more classic you know when you say billy joel this is usually like the first song that comes up and Mm -hmm. part of me wonders um if one they maybe forgotten that they even did it (laughs) 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 which is a possibility um but two i think they you know, and we'll get into it more because we're skipping over a bunch of stuff that I want to go over. So, but um, I think that they wanted to give Blaine one of the set piece songs of the episode, and Piano mm-hmm. Man would be that. So I think it just was like, well, okay, we may have done this, but we want to give Blaine the song and want to do that. That's mm-hmm. my take on it, I guess. Like maybe maybe they regretted doing it before and then deciding to do a Billy Joel episode. Like, shoot, we should have done this one in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it again. Maybe they had the rights to it and they just, you know, were like, hey, we can save money and do it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is a possibility. Yeah. Um, but uh, jumping back to the moving out thing, I, I wanted to mention um, – Getting into the kind of the clean stuff. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to put a pin that in that. We're going to go. Let's talk about Sam first. And then we'll talk about the clean stuff. I'm sorry. I'm not reading my outline. Okay. So Sam, um, first he has his interview. Um, Sam doesn't have the greatest track record with... um, people of color I, I like this whole thing is just so awkward and mm-hmm. cringy <laughs> and 
It makes me, uh, I, I want to look away. I want to like leave the room. He's like, so you're black. That must be interesting. <laughs> well, and then a long the, shot. But do you know Mercedes Jones? Like, <laughs> like no, why can't talking. women go topless? It's like, oh God. Like, this is not the time. To... Oh no. How did this I kid know. not have any like preparation for interviews at all? I just, oh man. Although, oh, I will say that I did kind of appreciate he was talking about um, how he's never been a good student, but he was always really good at impressions. So he just did an impression of a good student and it started working. Mm-hmm. And like, I did appreciate that a little bit because that is actually a tool. Like whenever you're having trouble with something to just kind of imagine that you're already doing well at it. And you know, the confidence will, it's, it's a tool that people use. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I did appreciate that. I mm-hmm. like that they brought that in. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool idea. Um, I mean, I I feel like being good at voice impressions is different from being good at impersonating yes. uh, yeah. <laughs> like a role in life. Or, but um, but I think that kind of thing does work. You're right, and that that was a cool thing to bring up. Um, and then we kind of get a after he kind of bombs at this interview, we get kind of this you know conversation between Rachel and Sam, and. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting where Sam reveals kind of his dream and his dream is of uh, being a model whose junk is on a bus. <laughs> and and his think... junk is as big as a car. Yep. <laughs> and we get a flashback to little Sam reading magazines of all things. Um, and then, oh. um, yeah, when he his, his just daydream of being in L.A. and, <laughs> and just... oh, close to where they film something like. Oh, I don't even remember his. No, he said um, we're like a, a big important building where they manufacture something like transformers. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. And um, then um, I I think it's hilarious. Did they actually get a bus and put his face on it, or is it all CGI? Or like, is there I'm really sure a bus in LA? A <laughs> I feel like they really would make one of those great big like ad banners and mm-hmm. stick it on a bus temporarily. I know I they think. did it later because they all took pictures in front of it. So I would assume <laughs> they did it this time, too. I mean, nice. wow. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like, hey, man, your junk is as big as a car. <laughs> 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 I love it. Oh, man. But yeah, oh, let's. Um, so they kind of hint at this Rachel Sam connection going on here where. And, and Sam talks about, you know, maybe I don't want to go to college, which brings up another really great point that I think sometimes the show later on, at least in season six, kind of, I don't want to say mishandles, but it I like that with Sam's character, there's always this, okay, I am not going to college, there are other options for me. Mm-hmm. And I like that the show presents that because I don't think that college is for everyone. And if you don't go to college, that is not the end of the world. There are other options. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yes, that is a perfectly valid that as a valid choice. However, I would not put someone in tar- in charge of a classroom who hasn't does not have a college education. Well, yeah, but that's like, yeah, that's totally Glee logic. But <laughs> yes, completely agree. Um, I will say that I mean I don't know if this is going to get me some weird anonymous messages, but I was shipping. Rachel and Sam, like, flipping FedEx at the time. So I've said this before, but I would pretty much ship Sam with anyone that the show tells me to. Like, when he was dating uh, Brittany, I was like, they are soulmates. And then when he was (laughs) dating Mercedes, I was like, they are destined to be together. And then when he was was flirting with Rachel, I was like, yes, this is actually adorable. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying the only person I completely agree with you. The only person I really didn't like them together was him and Quinn. Um, mm-hmm. But that's for totally other different reasons. But yeah, I was shipping it like FedEx. I thought it was very sweet <laughs> and I really liked it. In fact, at the time I was writing a fic and I put them together in the future. Oh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it, it was pretty cute. Like they, they had pretty good chemistry. Like they made mm-hmm. cute faces at each other. So, and they like them dancing and laughing. It was all good. I, I, I think do. they had a, a balance too. There was a balance yeah. to each other. 
I really kind of like the moment though during um, the song when they're kind of like dancing together and Sin Hannah's like, oh, this is the thing that's happening. <laughs> yeah. She <laughs> yeah. looked at like Kurt and Blaine like, oh, what is this? <laughs> Oh, man. Also, Thank I you. loved that performance of that song. Um, I what is it called again? Uh, just the way you are. Just oh. the way you are. Mm-hmm. I love that song so much, and I love Kurt daring Santana not to sing along, and then she bursts out with a yeah. hairbrush. That she's <laughs> singing to. It's so good. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so let's talk about um, Sam going to the house of Bichette. <laughs> oh goodness, Shea, but it spelled like E-T-E. It seems weird to me. Anyway, it, go on. It, it is. Well, the whole thing, he's like, is it French? Is it Italian? Um, mm. And this is the guest appearance of Tyra Banks. Um, and <laughs> Who got oh. some, she got some flack in the media for her lines in this episode. Did she really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember she came out with a statement. Not like a statement, but like said something about how she doesn't really believe that she was playing a character. Oh, like she got about some... telling him to lose weight and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, starvation. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She said that she wouldn't really like tell models that the yeah. camera likes starvation. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is kind of, you know, she is kind of brutal in this scene because she's like, you have the midwestern vacant stare of a cow. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Ouch. Um, right. I like. I like how when she says. Um, I've talked to a lot of boys who are a lot prettier and a lot dumber than you. And he's like, oh, thanks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, she I think she did great with the comedy of the scene. And I think a lot of it was was meant for comedy. Um, mm. I do think there's a reality, though, that uh, that isn't in a lot of everyone else's. It's definitely not in Rachel's and it's, it's kind of not in Kurt's or really at all in Santana's. But. You know, New York is a lot harsher than, and, and in wow. reality and in, in, in everywhere is a lot harsher than Glee sometimes portray it. You can't just go in and get Funny Girl. That probably is not going to happen without a lot of, you know, hard work and a lot of, you know, a lot of door slammed in your face first or whatnot. And, or understudy roles or yeah. second understudy roles. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people are like, for example, Chris Colfer, his first big gig was Glee. But when you hear him talk about it, he was going audition and two auditions for like four or five years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he just decided, and hey, I'm going to be an anything. actor and walked up and got it, you know. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate that they that, you know, people are not always nice and welcoming. There are going to be people like, you know, Tyra Banks's character who are like, yeah, I think you're too fat and you're not going to do this. I mean, there, there's mm-hmm. just a lot of that. And unfortunately, it's like how you deal with that. And Sam's story, I like where he's like, you know what? After they sing Just the Way You Are, he's like, you know what? I like me the way I am and I'm still going to get my junk on a, a bus. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on to the Blaine and McLean stuff. Okay, so putting it in context, when this episode came out, or before this episode came out, there were a lot of things kind of weighing it down. Um, one, if anybody was spoiled at the time, they were probably following the Brazilian spoiler people, and they had spoiled that Blaine wanted to be a doctor. So first of all, there was that. Which, oh, no. for whatever reason, yeah. people went crazy about. I don't necessarily... And you were, like, on one side or the other. Like, you hated it or you loved it. There was no... There's no middle ground to that. It's weird. It, it is really weird. I'm not entirely sure why this was such a sticking point with people. Um, <laughs> but it was... I just remember the paragraphs and long Tumblr posts of why Blaine couldn't be a doctor ever. It right. It was strange. Um... And then on top of that, we get this whole thing where Kurt and Blaine have not been in the same room. I mean, not counting the quarterback. I don't really think that counts. Since Love, Love, Love. And so this episode had the unfortunate weight of this is the first time Clayton's going to be back together this season. So what the fans wanted out of this episode was a lot of stuff that doesn't really... That's not the story they were telling. 
right. I feel like fandom wanted a lot of making out and a lot of relationship, whatever, and a lot of planning the wedding or something. And that was not the story that Glee was trying to tell. And I right. think when that happened, um, there were a lot of like, well, this, yeah, and we'll talk about the Kurt Blaine scene in a minute, but like, there was a lot of like, well, that sucked because Kurt and Blaine didn't do this or they didn't kiss or they didn't have enough screen time. And I'm like, yeah, maybe there was a, you know, maybe too much, you know, Marley and Jake and Ryder or whatnot. But when you put this within the context of the story that they're telling within the, you know, bigger picture of season five, I think that everything that they did was fine. And mm-hmm. so um, going back. I also have a. Oh, so go ahead, Bethany. I was just going to say, I have a feeling that the writers and the, the creative people of the show knew what they were going to do. So they needed to get some Lima things into these episodes before they were just going to drop Lima altogether. Mm-hmm. So that, when you put it in context, it makes sense that there wasn't an all New York episode because we're going to go to all New York after, you know what I mean? Like in a couple of episodes. So mm-hmm. I definitely understand, like I can see both sides of the argument because I can honestly tell you that I was one of those frustrated fans back then. But looking back at it now, I do see that, that what the story they were trying to tell, and then it makes sense that this is a, the episode that we got. Right. Yeah. Do I wish there was more to the Blaine story? I do. I do wish that we had kind of seen his Miata application. You know, I do believe that the piano man was supposed to be in place of the Niata audition. Yeah. But it would have been nice for, with as much focus as Kurt and Rachel got about Niata. It, I, you know, I kind of wish there had been more, but at the same time, when you look, oh, excuse me, look at it in context of, you know, how much Sam's getting, how much Artie's getting, how much Tina's getting, it makes sense mm-hmm. in line with what they're doing with all the rest of the other characters. And also, the reason we didn't get more about his application is because we got so much of Rachel and Kurtz. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been redundant. Yeah, how, how many times can you tell the story about auditioning and it either goes well or it goes badly? Like, right. th- they've done that both ways. So, yeah. And spent episodes on it to yeah. the fact that, to the point where we were sick of it. So I just don't think, <laughs> yeah. I just, I mean, yes, I would have liked to see more of Blaine's process. But at the same time, I think I would have liked to see more, not necessarily his audition, but maybe like him leading up to his audition and a little bit more after it. I didn't necessarily need to see him sitting in front of Carmen and her judging him. Because hmm. I just don't, I didn't need that. Yeah. Well, and I wonder if they knew that Miata wasn't forever for Blaine. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if they kind of had it far off. Okay, we're eventually going to have Blaine in season six. Because they knew they were doing season five and six together. And I wonder mm-hmm. if Blaine's arc was, okay, he would do this stuff in New York, but his focus was not going to be about Miata because the New York arc really isn't about school. It's about the relationships. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're like, we're not going to, we don't need to focus on it as much. I hope so, because I think that Blaine belonged m- more at Miata. That wasn't the correct way to say that. But anyway, at <laughs> um, NYU than he ever did at Miata. I just don't think that was the right place for him. Yeah. And I liked, I like him at NYU. I can yeah. see him there. I liked that he uh, uh, um, applied at safety schools. I mm-hmm. think that mm-hmm. all of the students in the show should have applied at safety schools. <laughs> and it's ridiculous that Kurt didn't. And, like, it kind of, weirdly, it seemed like they were presenting that as one of the ways Kurt could tell that Blaine was hiding something, that he was nervous and that he was just not sure if he was going to get in. Like, that along with saying that maybe he wants to be a doctor, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's very sensible. that You might yeah. not get into Niata. It's, right. It's, um, they, only t- what it, they only take, like, 20 students a year or something ridiculous. Like, <laughs> come on. I mean, right. be serious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, about that, uh, I do want to point out a couple of things about the diner scene. Um, I kind of love that while Kurt's working, Blaine and Sam went on a historical tour of... <laughs> New York, which included Tennessee Williams' bathhouse. <laughs> I mean, why? <laughs> so many other things. Well, it kind of ties in. Last, in season four, um, Kurt was a part of the Tennessee Williams playwriting oh, class. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 
So continuity. And, and bathhouses are a big part of queer history that mm-hmm. Blaine might be interested in. And like, um, we know that he knows a lot about queer history and he might just want to visit one of those places to see, like, to get more insight and stuff. But like, I... Um, I was looking back at my posts from this time mm-hmm. on Tumblr, and uh, and in one of them I wrote, "Can someone write the fic where Blaine explains to Sam what a bathhouse is?" <laughs> and Sam's like, "Oh my God, sex in public! That's so awesome! Does that kind of stuff still happen? Can we go?" <laughs> oh my goodness, that's delightful. It also just reminds me of that. I can't remember the episode, but the one where Blaine says that he's performing on the bathhouse circuit. Yeah, I can't yeah. Remember the episode. but that's yeah. what it reminded me of. Like. Absolutely. But it does actually it does make sense that they would go visit a yeah, bathhouse or a deconstructed bathhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and I also like how excited Kurt is for Blaine in, in mm-hmm. basically the whole episode. But in this scene in particular, like he's, you know, like very supportive and very excited for Blaine's yeah. future. And like he gets like he pulls up Blaine to do Piano Man and and like, you know sets him up and is all ready for you know for it to yeah, let him shine he's super, he's super sweet and very blaine's number one fan the same way that blaine was kurt's number one fan whenever he was doing his auditions mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it was it was a very good um juxtaposition i guess is the word i want yeah um i do think it's a little weird at the end of the song, when Kurt's, like, standing on the, the diner countertop, which he would not do because that's got to be a health code violation. Um, <laughs> actually, no. I have actually been to the one, the actual one in New York, um, which is called Stardust or something like that. I can't remember exactly. They do stand on tables. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I stand corrected. Yep. Okay. They stand on the tables and they dance around and they pull you up onto the tables. I mean, not ones that people are eating on at the time, but like empty ones and stuff. And like, there's a bar in the middle and they dance around that. Hmm. Well, I I do think it's a little weird that he's like, all of our dreams will come true. And I just one tiny reservation I have, and this kind of goes through season five is this whole weird idea that since they're getting married, they kind of have to do everything together. And yeah, I mean, he, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, didn't I was just going to finish saying that that this, they, they presented as if they are intending their entire careers to have the same path, and I'm like, why are you framing that that way? But yeah, he does it. He does it a second time with the June Dalloway thing. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever he's like, you know, whatever door you walk through, just remember I'm walking through it with you. And I mean, that's true to an extent, but at the same time, like you guys have your own career, like. I completely agree. It's a little, a little odd, but it also is very, like, it's a young person's idea of what marriage is, I guess is what I want to say. Um, one other last thing about this that always strikes me a little weird. It's actually not a clean thing. Um, first of all, there's Rachel, who is like, Santana's like, aren't you doing funny girl and going to school and why are you working? And Rachel's like, well, because, you know, they want me to be really authentic. And I'm like, you are in a, a, a Broadway musical full time. You would probably not still be working here. No, you wouldn't <laughs> have time to. I don't know when you would have time. Uh, but then when Blaine starts playing the piano and Santana's like, God, why? I'm like, she works at a diner yeah. where they sing. Why is she like weirded out by this? It was Blaine. I mean, it's literally, it's just Santana's reaction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I will say, and this is, you can totally cut this out if you want to. Um, I read this fic one time about the, um, how like in the future there's like time travel. So Blaine comes back to this, to this moment and the part where the old guy is sitting at the counter making love to his tonic and gin, there's a guy sitting there right next to Kurt and he looks like old Blaine. Like, does he really? He really does. Yeah. He's like wearing a bow tie. And he's like, it's so weird. I'm like, oh, that's probably where they got the idea for this fic. <laughs> anyway. Um, something that I thought was a little weird was when, so I should have said this back when we were talking about Sam's plot arc, but uh, Rachel says to Sam, it's not about knowing what you want. It's about crossing things off your list that you don't want. 
And I find that a little weird coming from Rachel because she's always been super specific about what she wants in her life and in her future. Like she always wanted to be on Broadway. She always wanted to be in Funny Girl specifically. Like, um, and she's like, it's not about knowing what you want. Like, no. this is this is you talking. Like, what, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, and what I it? don't even know what that really means. What do you, I don't, I don't understand even really what she's trying well, to say. Well, I understand in that, like, you know, I, you know, if I'm going to be looking for jobs, well, I know that I don't want to be a construction worker. I know okay. that I don't want to work in yeah. fast food. So you can eliminate things that you don't want. I get it from that I, perspective. I, but, um, yeah, it is weird coming from her when you say that. <laughs> she's always been so zeroed in specific. And I kind of, you know, I, one thing I appreciate with Rachel's arc later on is that she gets everything that she wants and then she finds out that it's not everything that she wanted it to be. So, right. Or, yeah. like, she doesn't have a goal anymore because she achieved her goal so early, and now, now what do you do? She, does, she doesn't know how to make a new plan. Yep. There's nothing to strive for. <laughs> so. And that's yeah. when I get on my defending Rachel <laughs> box. So we'll just leave that alone. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a great. Everything. I really like Rachel's story. Yeah, know, through too. these two seasons, through five and six, I think there's a really great story there. You know? I do too. Um, so we then get the clean scene. Oh gosh. Okay, the clean scene of infamy because so many people hated the scene. And yeah. here's what I'm going to say about this. First of all, that in this scene we get Kurt supporting Blaine. And knowing him well enough to know when the difference between Blaine being scared and Blaine really wanting to not go into the career that he's chosen for. And mm-hmm. everything Kurt says here is supportive and loving and caring. And no, it didn't have a kiss at the end, but I don't think it needed one. And I think this scene is actually really well done done i mean it could have been blocked a little differently it could have been directed as in they could have been i don't know sitting in different positions but in the context that this is it works just fine yeah i didn't need a kiss here i that was one thing that i didn't need i mean i i like the hug i like that kurt is kind of like rubbing blaine's shoulder the only thing i don't like is where blaine goes thanks for knowing me because i just don't i mean it's just a little too hokey for me i don't really I'm just kind of like, Ugh, I don't know about that. But other than that, it's it's a very very sweet scene. I and think I that the kiss at the end. I think that line isn't a super realistic line, but I think it <laughs> says something important, which it reassured me that Kurt was right and that mm-hmm. Blaine appreciates all the things that he's saying. Like, because up until that line, it's possible that Kurt is wrong and is projecting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and then Blaine says, thanks for knowing me. And I'm like, oh, okay. So Kurt is correct that Blaine is just nervous and he really does want to go to Niata and he really does want to try. And he just needs a little push. Yep. So uh, so that line did its job, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, they could have also, I think it could have helped because this is the only clean, real clean scene that we get in the episode. Right. It could have helped not necessarily claim related, but Blaine related. It, there could have been more of him, you know, in prior episodes discussing his future and how he was nervous or more context in general about mm-hmm. um, where Blaine's mindset was, you know, involving college, especially when Blaine has always kind of come off as this uh, really confident performer to see mm-hmm. him not confident about something felt like it needed maybe a little bit more context but that was a lot to put in one scene and right yeah now there are a couple little points i wanted to point out here first of all i really like the beginning when kurt's picking out his um wardrobe Mm -hmm. um just because it'd been speculated a lot that kurt would help him with that but also you know now that i think of it going back to season four and how distant Kurt and Blaine were and when Blaine needed help Kurt wasn't there and I kind of like that we get this you know more communicative you know couple and and Kurt is helping and listening to Blaine and I don't know I think it's a nice juxtaposition as to where they were Mm -hmm. in season four yeah especially especially compared with like you say that scene where Blaine 
wanted Kurt to pick a bow tie for him for yeah. his little, what, what is it, the presidential speech? Right. Um, yeah. And uh, and Kurt is is not helping. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's nice that this is a way to show that their relationship has progressed. Now, also, I mean, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Bethany. I was just going to say, like, there's also the um, the nonverbal things that are going on. Like, Blaine is sitting very rigid straight. He's got his hands in his lap. Like, he's, like, I think Kurt can tell that he, that something is going on with him. And Kurt is, like, very, he just, he's very fluid in this scene. And I just, and then as they talk more, then Blaine starts to, like, unclench, if that's the word I want to use. Mm -hmm. And he sits down next to Kurt. And, like, that there's a lot going on here that is unspoken too well and, they don't, and it just makes it for a really good scene they don't you don't see it because it's out of frame for the most part but they are holding hands during yeah most of the scene yeah because kurt pulls his hand over and then puts it on his lap mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. what do you guys make of the of kurt's line where he's like um you know you this reminds me of that night at callbacks if you cheated on me again, I would not accept sex addiction as a, a, an excuse. <laughs> I think it was, it's, it did what it was supposed to do. I think it was supposed to be funny. I think it was a bad joke in a situation where Kurt was making a bad joke. And that was the end of it. I, um, a lot, I think I remember a lot of people thinking it meant Kurt was still worried that Blaine would cheat on him again. But I took it as like, Blaine, it's always going to get crap from Kurt about this forever now mm. because he's just, like, making fun of him. And yeah. I don't know. It's like the fact that he can bring it up in a joking context yeah. maybe means that, like, things are relaxed about it now. Yeah. And, I and like, Kurt says it with a tiny smile. Like, he doesn't – it's not something where he's, like, oh, no, did you cheat on me again? Like, that's not what he's saying. He's saying – he's, like – reading the room and seeing how Blaine is acting and so he's making a stupid joke mm-hmm. like he's trying to lighten the mood mm-hmm. and whether or not you think that it is a joke thing to say that's what he's saying so yeah I, I, I don't think that I do think it's a joke and then agreeing with you guys I don't think it comes from stemming from any kind of deep insecurities about their relationship I think yeah, they're going to have issues later on down the road and break up again, but I don't think it necessarily all stems from the first breakup. I think that the cheating part of that has been kind of dealt with and that's been taken care of. Um, I do think their second breakup has to do with the first breakup, but I don't think the the cheating was a symptom. It wasn't why they broke up. Right. Um, I do think the sex addiction part is is kind of funny too, just in a... um, I don't know. I, I it kind of nods to the fact that they do still have a sex life, um, even though they don't show it on screen. Um, right. All that <clears throat> but. And like I had watched, I watched the end of Twerk before I watched this, and you know that's the one where Kirk gets the mm-hmm. tongue ring and the tattoo, and then he's like, maybe I'll get cyber lucky. So I just <laughs> imagine them this whole time is just out. They're just having sex. That's but all they're doing. I do. I think I remember time. a joke about. Um, one of the reasons we didn't see a lot of the Blaine storyline and we saw more of the Sam Rachel one um, is because Kurt and Blaine were just too busy getting it on. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like they, cause they're not in the apartment or they're not in the loft at all. Like mm. when Rachel and Sam are there, they're gone. So they're together somewhere. And there's a lot of people in that loft. So maybe they got a hotel or I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> But I think that the sex addiction was a call to we've been having a lot of sex since you've been here. <laughs> Probably. Um, I, I, again, because there's so much to pick out of this scene. Um, I want to talk about the little flashback that they did. I love oh, little Blaine. I know I love little Blaine so much. He's so adorable. <laughs> and when he goes, dang, <laughs> I want to scoop him up. He's so cute. Um. <sighs> So uh, this might be an, an interesting thing to ask you guys about, though, because, um, you know, Blaine mentions that he, there are different possibilities out there. He says he likes working with kids. He might be a teacher. He might be a doctor. And I guess my question to you guys is, can you see a possibility? I mean, 
yes, the show is pointing toward Blaine as a performer. We get that, but there are other possibilities for Blaine. Or what do you guys think about that? That there are possibilities of Blaine doing something other than performing. I think that teaching it can involve its own kind of performance because it involves a lot of standing up in front of people and presenting information to them in a memorable way. And uh, I think that you can, if you, um, if your priority is, you know, imparting knowledge or whatever, you can still get your performing buzz from lecturing. So I think that teaching could potentially be an option. I kind of, I totally agree. Um, I actually kind of see Blaine as a jack-of-all-trades kind of a guy. Like, I think he did a lot of things in his career, and not all of it was performing, standing up on a stage and acting. I think that he could teach. I think that he could work behind the scenes and write music and um, produce. Like, I just see so many things for him. And I think that whenever... How do I want to say this? I think that whenever you don't open the possibilities of that up for him, you kind of put him in a box and that's not fair. So like, yes, I agree that I see Blaine doing so many different things that are not just performing. And if one of those things is a doctor, I mean, right on Blaine, you, you're very <laughs> smart and I'm sure you'd make an excellent doctor if that's what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, also this unfortunate or there I don't see it in more so much but there was at the time this kind of unfortunate better boyfriend olympics thing meaning that if Blaine wasn't a performer then and Kurt was then Kurt won and right. I, I think that's kind that's of unfair really to the characters and destructive yeah. destructive to their relationship too <laughs> so um yeah but agreeing with you guys completely um uh, you know, I always said my dad is a, or was, he retired, um, a music teacher. And one of the reasons he did it for so long is that he got to be up in front of 90 kids and perform and be the center of attention. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know. I just always liked as an alternative um, for Blaine to be a, a teacher or something that would you know, help people. I mean, he did say he likes to make art and help people. So exactly. And there was a mention, one of you mentioned producing, and there are a lot of roles in music other than being the main singer. Like there's, yeah, like you say, there's um, songwriting, there's, uh, there's editing, there's, you know, mixing, there's uh, being the, um, you know, the person who, um, uh, arranges the music for different instruments. Like there's all kinds of stuff you can do. So, yeah, which I wish I do wish Glee had explored a little bit more because Glee gets so focused on the performance aspect of fine arts that sometimes it misses, you know, letting people know that there are all of these other avenues. I mean, you're not less of a person if you're working on the set of, of a musical instead of starring on one. Like if right. your passion is art direction, building sets can be a great thing for you to do. Like yeah. there are more than just standing in the middle of that stage and singing. Um, like my, one of my very best friends, she um, actually went to school and for acting and decided she liked stage managing better and now is getting her graduate to school at university of San Diego. Like, that's what she's doing. And she, because she realized that as much as she loves acting, she likes being in charge more. So, <laughs> exactly. So, I always can you know see. I mean? Like that's totally. In, but, oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just going to say like, that's, that's a thing that happens. You find yourself as quote unquote, as much as I hate that term. Well, you know, every day as you're living your life and you never stop. Mm -hmm. So like people are allowed to grow and change their minds. Is what I guess what I want to say. Yep. I also can see um, um, Kurt being the type of person to go into production. I can see him yeah. like, definitely being in charge of something. He could yep. be a director as well of mm -hmm. um, stage shows. Absolutely. I think that he 
he'd like bossing people around. I honestly <laughs> kind of see them having a production company. Absolutely. Like I see them running the production company themselves. And sometimes they're on stage, and but a lot of times they're behind the stage yeah. and they're making everything work, especially as they get older. Like I totally can see it. Yep. And it's what, how they keep like their, that's how they live their lives. And that's how they get quote unquote famous. And that's how they, build their careers as they have this production company that they run together. Yep. Um, so one last thing about this scene, um, is that I, I do love the end where Kurt's being really, really super sweet. And then the last thing he's like, and he's like, Oh, and, uh, Santana can do your makeup and the look <laughs> on Blaine's face. Like, <laughs> like really? <laughs> like I thought we got away from like the specific shirt colors that are allowed. And <laughs> the, the, I wanted to say that they are wearing complimentary colors and I really like season five's color scheme for them. And the mm -hmm. fact that they, the, the costumers went out of their way to be, to make them match. And I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I just think it's a nice little touch. I agree. Okay, so then there's the Just the Way You Are performance, and as we kind of mentioned earlier, this this is one of my favorite performances of a, of a small group number. I think it's gorgeous. Um, just the way they all kind of come in. And, oh, um, the piano. Let's talk about the piano as a gift. <laughs> Blaine is like, ridiculous. Why? but also it's awesome like he says it's just a thank you for letting them stay there for like a few days and like a piano first of all it's an acoustic piano it's big it's yeah. hard to move it's hard to tune after you move it <laughs> and like and the Santana says they don't have room for it and Kurt's like right there where it is <laughs> Yep, I and like, love it. It's not very practical. And then when they move out of that apartment, they're going to have to move this stupid thing. Yeah, who like, gets it? I want to know what <laughs> happens to it when Kurt and Blaine break up. I which, yeah, I was going to say, I do want to know. But I also read something when the episode aired that he bought it because he would eventually live there. So he bought it yeah. oh. a lot for himself. <laughs> yeah. Wait, which, and I'm assuming sense. when they all moved out, he took it back with him to yeah. Lima. Um, yeah. So... But still, I, I love it. I mean, they keep it through the rest of season five. I mean, it's there. It's just against the wall. Oh. Um, mm -hmm. though, though, fun fact, um, don't put your piano next to an outside wall because that makes it go out of tune more or faster. I actually yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Because and they, in some... Oh, sorry, Jamie. In some buildings, you also have to be aware of what direction the floorboards are going. Um, because, uh, if you, whether you put your piano, like, um, left to right or front to back of the room, sometimes it might not be on enough supports and it might fall through the floor. So <laughs> I did not know that either. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a piano, although it's horribly, horribly, horribly out of tune. Well, the wall thing is because if it's against an outside wall, that kind of change in temperature or the like, water from rain or whatnot can mess with the piano. So, And if you have those like um, heating elements that are along the baseboards mm -hmm. of the wall, if you put your, if you back your piano against that, that'll mess with it too. Yep. So. That makes sense. There you go. Um, but yeah, I, I, I want to read the lines that Kurt and Blaine have in the song with each other because I think it's really cool. Um, their lines together are, you know, I said, they say, they sing together. I said, I love you. And then Blaine says, and that's forever. And Kurt repeats that's forever. And then they sing together. And this, I promise from the heart. Um, and I don't know. I just thought it was really sweet that they were allowed to it have is. those couple lines just for them. Yeah. And I also really like Sam's lines that he says, I don't want clever conversation. I never want to work that hard. And it's like <laughs> like a bunch of the episode had to do with Sam not feeling like he's a good student or he's not very smart. And like uh, and he's like, I just want to be myself with my friends and not have to work hard at being a smart person. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's a well-arranged number. I'm I'm glad that season five has found a way to do these small ensembles and use everybody's voice really effectively. The harmonies mesh really well together. That everyone's voices, and it's not 
you know, backup singers that are singing in the background, but it's, and, and, and this one especially is not very auto-tuned either, so. And I like that it sounds like an arrangement they, that, like, people who are musical uh, could potentially just do on the spot. Like, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they've got great harmonies and stuff, but if you're if you're good enough and practiced enough at music, you could potentially do this. Because, like, they, they're the same harmonies that are on the original recording anyway. Mm-hmm. Um and they like, and they're sort of like making up as they go, who's singing what lines, and like someone's gonna start singing, but then Santana comes in, so then they let her have the line. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like. So um, we we talked about Sam and Rachel dancing, but I really like when Cart and Santana start dancing together because uh-huh. Santana like spins them around, and they're just being goofy. And... Yeah, I like Kurt's little spin. Yeah. And I, I like. He also does a little shoulder shimmy in the background too. Yeah. <laughs> But I like that it's this little snapshot of what the show is going to be during the New York arc. This is definitely like, mm-hmm. hey, this is kind of where we're moving to in a little bit. So, um, so then wrapping it up is the the kind of the ending where, um, you know, like we said in the beginning, it frames it with with Will and Sue and how Will is like. Um, you know what, I think all of these kids are going to be a star. And, like, for some reason he has a star on him. I don't remember why, but then he puts it on Sue. Sue, Sue puts it on... Oh. Okay. No, wait. I thought Sue put it on him. Okay. And then he takes it off and puts it back on her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, Tina is there, and she's like, you know what, we're not going to listen to you. We're going to be awesome stars someday. And then when... <laughs> Sam and Blaine return, and she's like, Blam's back! <laughs> um, <laughs> Blam! Blam! And they're back! And I love Sam, because he's like, oh, you know, Blaine totally killed it as Niata edition, and Blaine's like, that, I was gonna tell that. Right, <laughs> that, that was, was my news. story. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Sam is like, yeah, and I'm totally not gonna go to school, and hey, Will, um, you didn't tell us Billy Joel, Billy Joel didn't go to college. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, oh, my bad. <laughs> and, um, and then he's one like, of my, one of my favorite background moments of Blaine's though, is that you can see his face after Will starts the, when he goes, you may be right, Sue. And then Blaine's like, oh, are we going to do it? Are we going to do it? It's so, I'm so excited. And then they start into You May Be Right. And I'm like, oh, you're so cute. I <laughs> love Sue's monologue. I don't have it memorized. I couldn't all do it all. But the way she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are not going to shoot in another number. And everybody's like looking at each other. And then and, and she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> And Blaine's so excited behind her. It's so funny. I love it. And everybody's got their, like, matching dance moves and stuff. It's great. You know, I noticed a trend. There's a lot more dancing in the hallways in season five. Yeah. Like, they break out in the song. Like, uh, I think the last couple episodes, every um, episode had a hallway number for some reason. (laughs) But it's good that they're including the whole school now. It's great. Yeah. No. It probably is some kind of um, homage to the fact that they're more accepted in school now, so mm-hmm. they're able to do that, whereas before they would have been had slushy thrown at them and things. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, I'm glad that um, they moved away from that kind of thing, and it doesn't really... I mean, there is no real moment where they're like, oh, they're suddenly all accepted in school now, but... Right. They kind of moved away from that plot line where it didn't feel as necessarily relevant to particular stories they were now telling. Right. So, yeah, that kind of is the episode. Unless you guys had anything else in your notes that you wanted to talk about. Um, I think my only thing is I was really happy to see that the first post I made about this episode after I watched it the first time was just really positive. I was like... Just the way you are made my heart so happy. Mm-hmm. Santana made me laugh out loud. There were so many amazing friendship things in this episode. And it's good to be a multi-shipper. I assume that I was talking about, um, like, Blaine and Sam. I don't know. I really shipped them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and, I said that. and I said the platonic stuff was fantastic. There was great meta. There was great songs. So, yeah. 
Yeah. I just had a really positive reaction post. Oh, absolutely. And and I think I hope that people, if they had bad experiences with all of the baggage that this episode had carried with it at the time, mm-hmm. go back and they can sit and watch it with with new eyes and hopefully because there are a lot of really great things, all the things that you said. You know, it's it's kind of fun when I get to it. I always I'm like I'm always pleasantly surprised at how you know happy and warm Kurt is in this episode. Not that he shouldn't be, but like, just like, oh, right, you know, like, so there's a lot of really great things in this episode. I agree. Cool. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. And um, I want to thank you guys for coming and talking to me about this episode. It's, it was really awesome. Um, next thank you very much. Oh, absolutely. Always. Um, and next week we will be talking about Puppet Master and that'll be a lot of fun. So join us next Sunday. feel so young you make me feel like spring has sprung